welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs, Season 4, Episode 8. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. And we're just past the halfway point of the season, and Leaf fans, we already know that the Leafs are going to be playing Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. Woohoo! <laughs> we got another three months to go, but um, before we get into it, I just want to give a happy birthday to Tim Horton, a uh, bit belated, born on January 12, 1930 in Cochrane, Ontario. Four Stanley Cups with the Leafs, 24 years in the NHL. And I'm also mentioning this because I'm a, I'm a huge Tim Hortons addict and I play that most of the fans maybe out there who love Tim's too, they play that uh, hockey challenge. And I actually got seven players in a row and I got now free coffee for the week. So cheers to Tim Hortons. <laughs> Woohoo! Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, Seal's not a fan of Tim Hortons. She doesn't drink coffee. So, but anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm addicted to it. So. But moving back to the game, uh, or to the Leafs, we have 38 games to play, so we're going to start off the show today just with my report on games where I think we should have won. And we basically, at the beginning of the season, I said I'm going to count how many games that I felt like we played down to our opponent and we end up losing. So as of now, to, for me, we've lost 14 points as a result of playing down to the opponent. We lost to the Sharks. The Habs, the Ducks, Arizona twice. <laughs> oh, that's awful. LA, and I'm counting the loss to Seattle as well, even though Seattle is somehow, <laughs> I don't know, they've just now on their road trip, like they made history because they've won, they won every game on their seven game road trip and no team has done that before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, they're, on, they're on a heater right now, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, 14 points we've lost out of that. We would have been in, we would have been first, we we're just looking at the standings with Sill. We would have been in first place overall in the NHL probably right now. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it, and not playing Tampa yeah. in the first round. <laughs> yes. Although yeah. being first place in the NHL sometimes is not always that no, great. That's uh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I want that whole President's Trophy thing. It's yeah. some kind of weird juju. Yeah, so Boston, Boston right now, the Bruins, of course, have that. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's uh, that's a lot of points to give up, though, and I'm I'm not impressed with that. Yes, no, I I, I agree, and let's hope that in the second half. I mean, I think there's going to be a more games that are meaning more meaningful. Yeah, getting down into the second half. Yeah. So. Hopefully that helps us a little bit. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not great that uh, these also seem to kind of come at a time where we weren't really putting our game together so well at the beginning of the season. So let's hope that they can put it together a little better against some of these uh, uh, yeah, lesser we got a, lights. Yeah, because we got a game... We've got the Senators we got coming up in the next mm -hmm. couple of weeks, and we also have the Habs too. So yeah, we, we and that's beat up on those guys. We definitely should win those games. But of course, for them, again, that's the whole idea of playing down to the opponent and not getting up for them because for them, we're the Stanley Cup, basically. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, 
We'll see. I'll keep a count mm-hmm. going for the next half of the season and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll go through it again at the end. <laughs> we should do like a breakdown too, like to see like if they did kind of turn it around a little bit in the second half, like, you know, kind of compare the, the two halves yeah. of the season to see if there's any improvement that might be interesting as well. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Anyway, on a more positive note, uh, we want to highlight a player that is doing some really incredible things at the Women's Under-18 World Championship. Uh, the player's name is Nela Lopusanova, yeah. plays for Slovakia. I don't hope I said that right. Yeah, um, I, I, I let Sil have this part. Give me the tough names all the time. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, she plays for Slovakia. She is only 14 years old, if you can believe it. And she has nine goals and three assists in the tournament uh, so far and leads the way uh, with her 12 points as of Sunday, which is uh, today. This That's the day we are recording this podcast. So that's quite the feat. Uh, I actually yeah. think that, you know, a lot of the time... Um, the women's game gets um, a lot of criticism because it's dominated by uh, Canada, USA. And there's a lot of arguments as to whether, you know, some of these other smaller countries, you know, are they really growing the game? Is, is there really any growth to be seen? I think that this is proof that, that it's happening. It's finally, maybe, Not as fast as people would like, but, you know, when you've got like a phenom like this uh, playing for Slovakia, that's actually an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just hope it, I hope for her, like it can, yeah, go ahead. If only there was a professional league where these women could showcase their talents, because right now we only have. Uh, the basically the international games, but yeah. this girl, if she could play for you know a Toronto, you know W NHL team, yeah, 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 no, that would be, be pretty that cool. Would make a different, huge difference, yeah, because mm. it's just so funny. Like you're saying, nor for me, it's just refreshing to see somebody outside of Canada or the U.S. Yeah. to 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 be on the highlight reel everywhere on Twitter. It was mentioned about her goal. She did the Michigan goal. Oh, really? What, yes. Yeah. That's I did, what I did not see that. That's yeah, awesome. That's what everybody I need to look that up on YouTube. Everybody was going on about that for like a couple of days at least. And then the other day on Friday, I think it was cause they got knocked out of the tournament, but um, she scored Basically, it was the hand-eye coordination. She got the rebound. The puck was in midair, and she managed to put it into the net. Like, after mm-hmm. she was, like, going by the net, got her own rebound, which was in the air, and knocked it in. So it was, like, an amazing goal again, right? And so I just hope for her that, like, she continues to progress and... and yeah, like, and I, I Because there's going to be she... a lot of focus, right, too? Being... Yeah. Being one of the very few stars outside of Canadian and, and U.S. women's hockey. So, yeah, no, it was fantastic. So we'll see how it I hope it she gets uh, the support that is is needed and yeah. uh, that there is a place for her to take her game to, which is why there has to be more development around the sport for women in general because this is, this is uh, where – girls are at risk, you know, they get to that 14, 16, you know, close to the end of high school age, and then there's nowhere to take their game. Right. So how, 
how horrible and sad would it be if you've got this girl who's such a talent and because she reaches kind of the end of the road because there's no infrastructure yeah and she can't and then, and then that yeah, would be horrible yeah yeah no it would you know, if, if they want if if they want to see growth in the game that that's where it needs to that's where it needs to happen they need yeah. to basically put infrastructure around so that these girls yeah. can can continue somewhere right yeah and let's hope that happens yeah for sure Okay, so moving on, one other item we want to note is the possibility of the NHL All-Star Game coming to Toronto for 2024. I looked it up, and last time we had it here was in 2000, which actually I'm remembering now, I think it was kind of that they put it in 2000 because it was 99 that we moved from Maple Leaf Gardens to Air Canada Centre, right? Right, yes, that's right. So, so they wanted, they wanted to the, showcase the arena. The, the arena Mm -hmm. right and so that's how we thought of it then and that's i think why they did it uh back then but we haven't had it since so Mm -hmm. we actually didn't go just to let our listeners know we didn't actually go to the game because it was too expensive (laughs) so um we did go to the the fan experience or i did um because still wasn't able to because she was having her family at that time, so yeah, uh, or I one was, member uh, of her family, like eight months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, with uh, with my first son. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, but I remember too. We weren't like we weren't all excited about it. I don't know. Maybe it was just because we we were still in the Maple Leaf Gardens memories sort of thing in that in that mode. And um, but yeah, no, the I, I guess it'll be. It'll be cool, I guess, for the players that are here, like even especially like Austin Matthews and like Mitch Marner and them. I'm sure that they it's just like the NBA players. They they like to showcase their own town, basically. Right. Like where mm-hmm. they play in that. It's a little bit different being the only Canadian team for the Raptors. But um, but yeah, it's been a long time. So um, it'll be it'll be, be cool. It would be interesting to see, um, you know, what they put around it uh, as far as the additional experience um, and the different things because um, they, they seem to be getting more and more creative all the time. I mean, yeah. we don't have a lovely beach like they're going to have in Florida <laughs> this time around. Um, yes. Yeah. But uh, definitely the city has a lot to offer. So uh, hopefully um, they're going to give it its due. Yeah, and the All-Star Weekend, just I actually had to look it up too for this year. It's February 4th is the weekend. Uh, and I only just got in. I didn't realize that the fan voting was, uh, it ended last night, like on the, on the I guess on the 14th of January. So you can't. I thought I that, I, I, thought I you, saw something that, that, that it go, it's going to the 17th now. Oh, really? Maybe they didn't get enough votes for me or they didn't get the people that they wanted voted in. When I went to uh, (laughs) log in, it said, uh, come back in two two hours. So (laughs) I I assume I still can. Because I, uh, yeah, I voted, I put in my vote. So I thought last minute, but anyways, we'll see. And then after that, the Leafs are off for the week. They have their bye week. That's their bye week? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's... uh, that's uh, that's uh, that time. So we'll we'll see how it is. I don't know. It'll yes, be... I'm looking at it now. It says voting ends at 11:59 p.m. on January 17th. Oh, all right. So there's so they, still time to get Willie still time. in. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you have to on Twitter. It's pretty easy. I don't like it on their on their website. I can't figure it out. Mm. But oh, <laughs> I that's what I I I did figure it out. Uh, it is not that intuitive, though. I would I will agree. Like it's yeah, uh, there's a little bit of dragging and dropping that you got to do. And anyway, yeah. I don't like also that I have to go through and I have to vote for all the different conferences. Like, yeah, I don't really care about those people. <laughs> I just want to vote for our guys. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, but I did put my votes in for other people, so oh. that's fine. All right. <laughs> Before we get into the show, we also want to give a shout out to uh, our Marley's goaltender, Joseph Wall, who has a 10-game consecutive win streak going. Um, he set a Marley's franchise record for a goalie at nine games as well, so... That's pretty incredible. I am so glad that he is able to be injury free to yes. be able to get this consecutive streak. <laughs> so that is- uh, that in itself is a huge, huge win. Yes. You know, yeah, maybe he's you know he's still pretty young. I've always kind of felt like you know kids that are injury prone. I think it takes a while for them to kind of grow into their bodies. So maybe he's finally getting stronger. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's looking good. That's a big accomplishment for for him, yeah. Considering Absolutely. all the injuries, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So kudos to him. All right, so now we're going to get the show started with the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then we're going to run the ladies' talking Leafs highlight reel. And in our third period segment, we are going to take you behind the scenes of the NHL war room. So, without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Bad, the ugly. Okay, so my good, this time I didn't go with an individual player. I went with load management. I'm actually liking that idea of load management. Um, And personally, I do think, I mean, Matthews may have been sick on the Thursday, I guess, in Detroit um, this past Thursday. But I just think that players like... Not well. Matthews is a star, so we just need to protect him a little bit and give we and and give him. He, he probably has something bothering him too. Like everybody gets nicked up, as they say, during the, throughout the season. But I'm thinking more. Let's just say, like Mark Giordano. I think he needs some time off. Although last night in Boston, he blocked so many shots. I thought to myself. How who would block all those shots if he wasn't there? But um, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, like he's definitely very valuable in that way, and he's been playing great for us all season. But the minutes I think are adding up for him, and he could do with just one night off. Like it's even even if it's a couple of nights. But and uh, John Tavares is another one that I think that uh, Mm -hmm. although he again he seems to have been lifting up his play the last few games again. but uh, actually, yeah, I'll give a stat later about JT, but just the idea of the load management. And I actually looked at the schedule, too. And starting Tuesday night, once they play the Panthers, they're going to be playing every other night right through to the All-Star weekend. 
every other night mm. they're going to have a game. There's no back-to-backs, but every other night, like that's a heavy duty schedule. Um, and I know, like we know, like we said off the top, we're playing Tampa, right? Really the only thing is, I mean, they have three games in hand still on us. So really it's only about the home ice thing again. Mm-hmm. Home ice didn't really do that much for us last year, <laughs> as we know, unfortunately. <laughs> so in, in my opinion, I'm thinking, does it really, like, not to say it doesn't matter, but do we really want to drive these guys that hard now? I'm thinking you want them to be ready for the playoffs. So why not give them the break now? Let's just say I'm thinking more actually in February, there's a couple of back-to-backs. We have a back-to-back with Columbus. And mm-hmm. then we have a back-to-back February 18th and 19th. We play the Habs and then the Chicago Blackhawks. So in one of those two back-to-backs, like, give JT a rest. I mean, even even Willie Nylander, like, I'm sure, like, he's been missing practices. stuff. So, obviously, he has something nagging, too. Um, but he's been playing phenomenal for the whole season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm saying load management. I'm a fan. I know they're saying that the... It's it's bad for like the way they say in the NBA. You have pl- the, the fans pay money to see these players. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, right? Yeah, but, but at least they do it though. They still do it. You know that people complain, but they still do it. It's yes. historically, I I just I don't know of any team in the NHL that has actually sat a player out yeah. for that reason, like to say you know? and like, to come out and say it that way. Yeah, like yeah. well. Like to we're giving him a rest it. tonight, you know. Yeah. Like it's no, it doesn't seem I, like it's <laughs> ever been done. Didn't you um, think it was funny how? I don't know. I just thought it was awkward, like with Keith and Matthews, the whole situation. Like he, he's like, oh, it's just something nagging him for the, I guess the Wednesday night game versus Nashville, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like the next day, he's sick. <laughs> and so then it's like he's like not feeling well. And then the only thing that I actually thought. Once I heard that Pontus Holmberg and Bobby McMahon were sick on the on the Saturday night versus the Bruins, then I started believing sort of that maybe he was not feeling well that way. But it's just the way he was, just his approach and the way he was talking about it, Sheldon Keefe, it just seemed like he's lying through his teeth. I don't know. <laughs> just, it's like, just well, come on and say it. You're resting him. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, whatever they, whatever reason he definitely had a spring in his step uh last night against boston so it did the trick giving him a little bit of a breather so so obviously that leads nicely into my uh good which is austin matthews and really it's it's all about that the fact that you know yes he missed the two games that we're that you mentioned um but in his last five he he has six points and he's just looking really, really good. And I just, I thought he looked the most like his old self on Saturday that he has in a while. Yeah. And that yeah. goal that he scored was <laughs> a vintage Matthews goal. Yeah. And his celebration was uh, definitely looking like his old self celebration. Yes, that so, was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I thought, uh, I just uh, think that he's, just playing so great, uh, you know, on both sides of the puck. He's like a, a plus player also. Um, he's just got a much more even, 
all round game. Like normally he's like top loaded on the goals and he's like almost 50, 50 uh, goals and assists this year, slightly more assists, which is unusual for him, but uh, he has 48 points right now. And if he only, I think we can all agree that to, to date, he has not played as spectacularly as we normally expect to see. So he's not a goal he scoring. Only, he's not a goal scoring machine like last year. No, let's say. no. Right. So if he only repeats what he's done in this first half, he's still going to end up with 96 points, which right. is yes, lower than the 106 he had last year yeah. by 10, but still a damn good season. So yeah, and he, and he's bringing he's bringing other things into his game to yeah. to be more complete in the game, mm-hmm. which makes up. For those ten extra points, it it makes up for it basically. Yeah, in in, in all the other things that he's doing, and I, I really liked how he, um, I guess, versus the Bruins, they like he actually pointed out how they when uh, when Wayne Simmons had the fight, like he Austin Matthews said after the game too that like that really got like got him going and the bench going. So I don't know. There's something different. There is something different in just the, and the way he, he's a leader too. He's, you're seeing him become more of a leader on the bench. Like he's wanting, I agree. and and I did, the only thing I was a bit sad when they, after they did lose and he was like, after the game, it was like, he, he was kneeling on his, on his, on his stick basically. And he, and it just looked like, cause they, Bruins, obviously, probably all of our listeners know out there, they scored like with a minute, just over a minute left in the game. And it was just like Austin Matthews was saying to himself, damn, we still didn't like we still couldn't finish them off uh, there. But they played a really good game. But um, mm-hmm. no, I I, yeah, I cannot. I think he has tw- he's 21 goals, I think, from what I remember, because Willie still has 22 goals. And uh, is still the leader there, and uh, and yeah, and then JT Tavares has twenty goals, so he's still um, like he's still doing all the all the good things that you need to do. And I think Mitch mm-hmm. is uh, like all those top four players basically are all contributing the way we need them to. It's yeah, they're the, full value this year, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it actually kind of leads into the bad for me, <laughs> which is the special teams <laughs> because. All those players, the four, I mean, it's, I don't like that five forward unit on the power play, basically. I don't either. I just don't think it's working out well. So, I mean, it's nice. At first, I think Keith was wanting to just have it, have it run for a little while so that maybe in the playoffs, if they need to go to something different, they could. But now it's just, mm-hmm. they're continuing with this look. And well, they did switch it up um, the other night. I can't remember which game was that. Nashville? Because uh, Nashville, Nashville, they were horrific or, because they didn't. Um, or was it the Detroit game? I, I One of the games, uh, they did basically throw in the towel on it. And uh, it seemed to be a little bit better after that. Uh, so, one of, the thing that, that bothers me about it that I don't like is is it... It basically takes away Mitch's magic because he has to be a defenseman and a playmaker. Yeah. You know? So it it it's it has basically to be thinking both sides. Him. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're limiting what he can contribute there because he yeah. has, you know, dual responsibilities. And so, yes, he's the quarterback, but at the same time, I I think that it's it short it gives, changes his game. Yeah, it gives him more I responsibility. Think. Like like he yeah. is obviously responsible in his own end too, but it it mm-hmm. just having him back there, basically he is the defenseman. And I was looking at the stats basically as of today, Sunday, when we're recording, we're ninth on the power play at, in ninth spot in the league, uh, mm-hmm. 24.6%. Tampa is in second at 29%. Boston is in fourth. So we really, to me, like those, well, those two teams have games in hand on us, obviously, but I think we need to be a little bit closer to those teams up like in the top five, as opposed to being in the bottom, like in, in the uh, like ninth place in, in the on the power play. And then on the PK and the power play too, I mean, you really noticed it when Matthews was missing. That was the one thing um, on those two games versus Nashville and and uh, mm-hmm. Detroit, like our, like we needed when, on, I think it was, Na- yeah, Nashville, we had the double minor for the high sticking on on uh, Riley, and um, and we needed that full four minutes to score because his, nothing was going right. And then on the PK, we're actually in seventeenth. I actually didn't think we were that bad, but I mean, we're like right. We've dropped a little bit. Yeah, there. we've mm-hmm. dropped a little bit, and so it's seventy eight and a half percent. Boston is number one, of course, at eighty five, and Tampa's ninth at eighty one point three percent. So. I don't know. I think, I, I think, uh, I guess it's, uh, I want to, don't want to make, get this mixed up. Yes, it is Spencer Carberry. I wrote it down because one of our previous shows, we were, we were talking about the assistant coaches and we couldn't remember their names, I think. So I wrote it down this time. Uh, But I don't know his, there needs to be something else from the coaching staff to, just go back to putting Riley on there too. Cause I think it'll give him more something, something's wrong with Morgan Riley. Let's just say since coming back. Right. So, um, which is what we're Scylla is next up with that. But before we get there, um, I think his comfort, he needs that for his confidence. I think too, he needs to be on the power play and, and manning the point there. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, you go into your bad from there. <laughs> since I just since I just walked into you, that one, you pretty much stole my thunder there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so my bad in this case is Morgan Riley. Um, now I know that he's just still coming back off of an injury um, with a leg injury too, especially knee. It's that's tough because you know you can't skate as much, right? So maybe he should really- get. Maybe you should get some of those pants that Giordano is wearing, those recovery pants. <laughs> the recovery <laughs> pants. Yeah, that probably would help. But, uh, yeah, but even with that, though, like, he, he has had definitely a slow start to the year. Um, he only has uh, two points in the, his last five games, so, like, since coming back. And, uh, like, no goals at all yet this season as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far, and the last, he only, last couple of games, had, I last couple of games, I think he's been trying to press it to, to try and maybe. score. Yeah. Yeah. He's only, he's only got uh, 19 points so far this season. And 
he's like a minus player for like the first time in like five or six years now. So yeah. the last time he was a minus at all was like 2017, 2018 season. And yeah. he's basically been pretty much double digits <laughs> since then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but okay. I, you know, I was reading some things um, about uh, in, I think it was in our, our comments in on the Facebook, on our Facebook page. And some people are making some good points about, you know, why would they decide to pair Timmons and Riley in a yeah. game like, like they did last night in, in Boston, which I think that is an, an, an excellent point. Like yeah. was last night the, the night to experiment with that? That's I'm what I really that's sure. what I was going to say with Sheldon Keefe. Like I'm blaming him a little bit there too yeah. because yeah, how do you how do you think choice. Connor Timmons is going to be on the number one? That's a number one pairing basically. Anybody with Morgan Riley is the number one pairing. You're going to get the toughest yeah. minutes. You're th- saying that Connor Timmons is ready for that? No. Yeah, and like <laughs> you're you're kind of undermining both of those guys because yes. Riley's confidence isn't at his highest, and now you basically you know Connor Timmons. Uh, confidence is going right. to be a little shot because you put him in a position that is is really not you know going to ready him for succeed it. Yeah. he's not ready for that he's yet. not ready for that maybe yet. i guess they wanted to find out is he ready for the yeah. prime time showtime minutes but anyway um, yeah, we're I missing do, bottom line issue is we're missing tj brody <laughs> yeah 100 percent. like hugely we definitely need him yeah. back so and hopefully morgan, morgan riley's missing him <laughs> he needs him yes so yeah. I, 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 I believe that he will get his confidence back, but right now he definitely is struggling. He's like a still a little step behind that always makes you as a defenseman make, you know, mistakes Yeah. Uh, yeah. when your timing is, is off and you're, you're just not quite at that game pace yet. So, yeah. So basically, um, uh, Morgan not playing so great, but I do believe that he will turn things around. Yeah, and we will still take him on that tour of Maple Leaf Gardens if he if he if Absolutely. he's up to it. We, maybe that will mm-hmm. turn things around for him. But uh, also another great point that our one of our Facebook um, followers mentioned, Ron Ron Ashley, uh, he mentioned that the problems start on the D when you start switching the parent pairings due to the injuries, which is true. Mm-hmm. We've said this before. Defensemen they like to have their partner like consistency sort of thing right but this year because of all the injuries and with jake muzzin the huge part of it like that it's it's just <laughs> it's it's problem basically it's a problem at that point and and um we've been we did well for those like november december but it's uh now that they're coming back these players from injury it's uh it's it's a tough go but as we said hopefully it can only get better once <laughs> TJ Brody comes back. <laughs> Not putting any pr- pressure on him, but all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the ugly. Jeez, I don't know. I got to look back and see how many times the the refs come up here. But yeah, we're going with. I'm going with the referees once again. Three. They're on a three game streak right now. So that game versus Nashville, and then the game versus the Wings, the Red Wings, and then last night's game versus the Boston Bruins. I'm just going to list through. I actually wrote them down here <laughs> of all the different plays that they missed. So the big one in the Preds game was Nino Nina Ryder basically skating right into David Camp's head. 
and it was like a wide open, open ice. It's like he blatantly did that and did not get a penalty. And I was just like, how he got away with that, I have no idea. So that was number one. Then versus the Wings, Michael Bunting gets cross-checked in the face by Ben Sherratt. He dumb- and then Sherratt dumps Nylander in the corner and gives him a shot in the head for good measure <laughs> with his glove. No penalty. And then versus the Bruins, there was quite a few. Allmark, I still still think he threw his stick. I don't care what Kelly Rudy said on uh, well, Hockey you know, Canada. With even even if he didn't purposely throw it in Marner's direction, if you have to be in control of your stick when you're on the as a forward, yes. and even if you by accident clip somebody, yeah, that's a penalty. So yeah. this should still be a penalty. Because yeah. you should be in control of your stick and it shouldn't go flying halfway across uh, um, the yeah. rink. And I believe that that, I think on that, yes, that was the play because where it doesn't pee Boston, the play. Boston actually went back down yes, they did. and scored. Yeah. Yeah. And scored. Yeah, yeah, because he made the spectacular save. I mean, Allmark had a great game. That's fine. But he should have, he should have gotten a penalty and the play should have been stopped. And then, of course, there was Taylor Hall's dive uh, where he toe-picked but and Mitch got the penalty on it. Um, but he didn't – he basically dived. It should have been two minutes for diving. And uh, I thought it was funny, whoever it was. I don't know. It was, I think it was Chris, Chris Cuthbert that said, I guess he's not being like – Taylor Hall's not being like Kale McCarr and say, sorry, it didn't uh, happen. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I I, yeah. I, I, I – kind of just fell myself sorry no I guess Taylor Hall is not that kind of guy and then of course leading into my other ugly on the side here our friend Mr. Brad Marchand basically cross-checks Sandine in the close to the face it was upper body but I just laugh at Brad Marchand now because I mean I got to read this like he's saying now all of a sudden the Leafs are wonderful so they I have this I have to find it here while I'm talking about Brad Marchand because this is ridiculous with his. Yes, uh, it's, it's his it's how, his gamesmanship, you know, yeah, like. Yeah. And he's just so annoying with that voice. I just can't stand him. I'm just like, I've had enough of him. And now all of a sudden he's saying this. It's it's coming here. I'll say that's what here it is on the Maple Leafs. They've brought in some D that are much more defensively responsible. Woohoo. Thanks. Thanks there, Marshy. And they're harder to play against. A little more physical. A little bigger. So they're definitely improving. They're a legit contender this year. Like, <laughs> how patronizing <laughs> is that, first of all? That they're improving. Yes. Like, we've been... Based, last year, we were ahead of them in the standings, <laughs> as I recall. Yeah. So... uh we've basically been kind of almost neck and neck with them for most of the season. Yeah. Like, I know. What the hell is he talking about? I, <laughs> I just thought that that last part, they're improving. Yeah, they're improving. It's Gee, like, thanks. What, are we like a bottom feeder? <laughs> like, is, is he talking about us or the Montreal Canadians? Like, you know, uh, it's, it's like, uh, yeah. Oh God, I don't know. Very wanna... annoying. Anyhow. Yeah. So those are my uglies for, for this show. What's your yeah, that's, ugly? That's pretty good. So, Basically going with that whole Boston theme, because obviously it's a little bit of recency bias, because I think we can all both agree that that was the biggest game of the week. Yes. Yeah. Um, and one we are looking forward to uh, for, for a long, long time. time. Yeah. And 
you know, even though like in November we beat them, that was such a great feeling. Um, you know, you sort of forget that when you lose, especially in the fashion that we lost. And I know they played, actually, the Leafs played a great game, a really good road game last night. We did dominate the play and had really good possession for most of the night. Um, like you said, Allmark had a great game. Um, but it's the way we way we lose to them that, that just yeah. leaves this ugly feeling in me. Yeah. That it just lingers. And I know I'll get over it because it's it's you know it's, it's the one regular game season out of eighty one. <laughs> it's a regular season. Yeah. But I hate losing to these guys for yeah. all the reasons that you mentioned just yes. a few minutes ago. Just to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I hate that any little mistake that we made is is ending up in our net and they only they in the last five minutes, like I don't know how many times you have to play this team because even with the new coach, this part hasn't changed. The last five minutes of the game against these guys, you have to be absolutely big time alert. Yes. Because yeah. they that is where they just I don't know, yeah. they have some magic in that last five minutes that they just yeah. can turn a game around and yeah and beat you like they did in the last under two minutes. Yeah. And right? I mean the, that goal, that winning goal, like it was basically a court and it always ends up happening. Like the guy, whoever it was at Grizzlick or Matt Grizzlick, mm, I think it was, mm -hmm. it's his first goal in like 32 games. Like it's always like that when it happens for us, right? It's always yeah. some no name player or, or lower end player. Let's just say like, he's uh, just like a grit grinder kind of player who hasn't scored in like 50 games. Like, and that's just the annoying part of it and how you, and like you said too, it's the turnovers that uh, I believe it was, to, I mean, Tavares own both Tavares and Morgan Riley. They own their mistakes from last night. Mm -hmm. Like they came out and said, like they both need to be better and that, and that's, that's fine, but then just do it. <laughs> and and like you said, yeah, in the last five be minutes. Better. In the last five minutes, be freaking better. Be the best you can against that team because yeah. they're going to burn you. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, that's enough of the ugly and harping on <laughs> harping on the Bruins. Um, yes, I don't I don't want to give them any more time, so let's yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah. So, but before we get into our highlight reel segment, just a quick reminder on our YouTube channel that we do have highlights of games that we've attended at Scotiabank Arena. Our handle is at LTL1917. So check it out and subscribe to our channel because there'll be other stuff on there too it's coming shortly. And now let's roll who made this edition of our Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. Okay, so uh, coming in at number three, uh, we have uh, Ilya Samsonov uh, versus the Wings in Detroit. Uh, he had a great save on Adam Ernie, sliding to his right and making a blocker save, taking away what was going to be a sure goal. Yeah, he had a really good game that night. Yeah, he played. He seems to have turned it around, um, like both him and Murray. Murray had played really well on the uh, on the Wednesday night versus the Predators, too. So mm. um, it's. But I actually felt sorry for Samsonov on the on the Thursday because he did play so well, and yeah. and the fact that 
we couldn't get anything going on the power play. We were just tired. We looked tired that night. And mm-hmm. he had, he was the goal. It was his turn to play. And he had made a, not only that save, but he made a couple other fantastic saves and in a losing cause. And, uh, but yeah, that, that save like was unbelievable on Adam Ernie. Like it was basically, Ernie just had to get it up just a little bit. I think it would have gone past him, but he, he was covering a lot of the, that side of the net to slide over there. So that was a good one. And number two, let's go to number two. Now, Austin Matthews, who we've already spoken about this play, still did a little bit versus the Bruins. And I like this word that I, I I forget where I saw it, but it was funny. I laughed. It was a preposterous goal. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's from Tim Horton's uh, line. Yeah, speaking of (laughs) Tim Horton's, right? Preposterous. So he basically, it was a beautiful play that he made, taking it from the D zone, knocking down the puck to clear the zone, and then catching up to the play and doing a backhand forehand move up and under the bar past Allmark. Like that was just I don't even know how he got that in. Like I had to watch it a few times. Yeah. To like, yes. It was vintage Matthews. Yeah, vintage Matthews, preposterous, filthy. I don't know what else. I don't know what else we could say about it, but it was beautiful. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so in our number one spot, uh, we have another sharpshooter, uh, Willie Nylander uh, versus the Predators. And on the game-winning goal, he did a beautiful sell job of a shot and passed it over to Marner, who had the wide-open net to shoot at and made no mistake. Uh, He definitely, you know, I mean, obviously, Willie, you have to respect him as a shooter. And he totally faked out the goaltender and basically Marner was wide open. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was just insane the way he met it. Cause you see Saros, the goalie for the Predators. Yeah. He, he was playing fantastic that night and he like, but, and I thought he was going to catch it on Marner. Like he like basically jumped across the net to try and save it, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't to be for him. And, and cause he was just too far. He basically gave in to he's he got sucked in basically to Nylander selling the shot and yeah. um Willie actually hasn't scored in six games which I was like mm-hmm. I had to look at that twice so I was like really and he's still leading the the team in goals 22 by one but uh but still he's uh he had to play center too that night so uh and in Detroit too so it it it's a it's an adjustment for him I think he'd played pretty well considering and um yeah so but that was a beautiful play I actually think it's good for his game every now and again for him to get uh, some time at center as well. Um, yeah, even though, I mean, like you said, there is an adjustment, but I think yeah. it just it's a little bit of a different mindset. And I don't know, for a guy who's as creative as him, I just think yeah. that it it's probably, you know, kind of reminds him of some, you know, other things that he can continue to add right yeah and improve so, on um, and uh mm-hmm. and also in the playoffs like you never know what what might happen 100%. right when it comes so to it's injuries good to have him ready yeah good to have him ready yeah all right so uh back in november uh chris had the opportunity to visit the nhl offices here in toronto and in our third period segment we're going to tell you a little bit about what goes on in the nhl's war room 
right. So the third period. Yeah, this was amazing. Um, this was back in November, like Sil said, and uh, we mentioned it on our social media channels and we're finally getting the time to talk about it. But we want to first first off thank Rod Pazma, VP Operations for the NHL, for taking the time to give us the tour of the NHL offices in Toronto and, uh, and to hockey researcher and hockey historian uh, Paul Patsku for organizing and inviting us to the tour. Um, Paul is also, um, I guess, the leader in the Hockey Time Machine uh, that's on YouTube. If the listeners want to go and check it out, he does a lot with the NHL alumni and the Leafs alumni. So, um, yeah. And before I even get into the war room, actually, I have to tell you that it was, it felt a little surreal to be there um, and walking through the office with the photos of the, like the main highlight going into the office is the photos of the top 100 NHL players in, in NHL history lining the hallways. And they even have, apparently they actually pulled out the stall, Wayne Gretzky's stall from MSG. They pulled it out and that's the actual stall that's there in the NHL offices with his stick and gloves. And, and yeah, I was like, Wow, I was like, it was encased. Obviously, you couldn't touch it or anything, but it was it's like a little museum piece there. But I was just like, wow, you actually pulled it out. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't think of that. But, um, but yeah, no. And then just the the photos, they're like paintings on the wall of every individual of the 100 greatest players. Like that, as That's we were cool. walking by there, we were. I was just like, I was floored. I don't know. I thought, wow. I thought, how am I here? But anyhow, luckily, we, I made it. So. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about tell us about a bit about the operation. So, so yeah, the war room itself is quite uh, quite an operation. So there are four main people that manage the room on game nights, and I found it really interesting that uh, they were saying that over the last four years or so, they have uh, several retired referees that now are <laughs> part of their game crew. They should come out of retirement. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's also so cool because so they actually have like, you know, refs, they, they did say that everybody in there has, you know, some more kind of elite hockey experience, whether or not it's like playing in NCAA at least, or some NHL, former yeah. NHL players, um, you know, some East coast hockey league, maybe like they're basically have played professionally or at a high level. And also the referees that also, um, are involved. Um, they have five 100 inch, uh, televisions that, uh, is kind of across the front of the room. Are you going to, are you going to tell them what I thought? <laughs> you might as well. I thought it was five, uh, uh, 500 inch TVs, but it's actually five 100 inch yes. TVs. Um, but they, this, it's interesting that if there are more than eight games, uh, going on, each TV can be divided into four so they can watch, multiple games uh you know kind of picture in picture that way so a saturday uh, nights eight, basically yeah yeah the saturday yeah. night so things they have 18 camera angles and three uh of those cameras are dedicated to the net um the the war room itself feeds the refs the video that they watch on the ipad when they're making a review on the ice and they have what they call loggers for every game these are the guys that are saying that you know have been hired that have, you know, previous hockey experience and they watch for things like any coaches challenges, major penalties and pucks crossing the goal line or, um, you know, offside calls yeah, and the like. Yeah. So 
Yeah, to me, when I was listening to Rod, I guess, describe how it worked, it was just like it. It is a team, definitely there that they need everybody working uh, together. Like you're saying, there's so many different people that are like either managing and then the referees putting their their input in and the loggers. And there's also like a social media team. So when, when we see that, um, I guess the description that comes out, why the, like why the call was made, um, they're involved there too. And they have to get approved by those four managing people that are, that are in the war room. Um, before they actually put it out on social media to say why the call was made that way. Um, and then also, I found it interesting, too, the fact that they work in real time, they said. So if a manager, call, they can actually, a general manager like Kyle Dubas or whoever in the league can call the war room or text them or email them and say, why did you make that decision? Like, they they can do it right then and there and they, they answer them right away to say why it was, whether it be the offside rule or the coach's challenge or whatever it was. If they want to, if they, if that GM wants uh, more of an explanation, they do it right then and there. And then Mm -hmm. I also thought it was interesting, um, I guess with Colin Campbell, who's the executive VP and director of hockey ops for the NHL. (laughs) He kind of oversees everything there. He even has his own, I guess he's in a yeah, separate area. But like I, the eye in the sky. Yeah, because <laughs> there's like microphones apparently in the room. So if he wants to get a say into some play that was, it's probably more so in the playoffs, I would think, when that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but wh- whenever it does, he can actually come in on the microphones and and actually point out something if he if he wants to. So... Yeah, it's it's a total um, <laughs> team effort there, and uh, it was it was just fantastic to see how it works. They call it the war room. Some people call it the the situation room. Um, and also another thing that they pointed out too was that which I didn't know um, the the NHL was the first professional sports league to that, have a centralized gonna, video. Yeah, I was going to me- to mention that, like when I was, you know, watching the highlights of, of the, all the great video that you took of this, because I was unable to attend. Um, that's the thing that really struck me that they are the first league to do this and that they had like that, the NFL, the NBA, yeah. all these other leagues that have now adopted this system yeah, basically they- came through there to, um, you know, figure out how they're going to do this themselves. Yeah. So yeah, they've I all that's so cool. Yeah. And they've all done it like the major league baseball as well went through there. There's yeah. Euro- European leagues that have gone through there and mm-hmm. they've all basically done their own thing now, obviously each of these leagues and, but it's because the NHL started it all um, back in about well, I believe it was, it might be 13 or 14 years. They've been in this location in Scotiabank, uh, or it's next door to Scotiabank Arena. They've been there for about 11 years, the war room. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was really interesting point to, that they, that he, that he made. And the other thing is that he mentioned too, is like technology is always evolving and I'm definitely not <laughs> technological. I was going to, yes. I yeah. wanted to ask you about this. Yeah. I wanted to know if you could elaborate a little bit on what he said, uh, cause they were talking a little bit about 
uh, sensors potentially. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing so, in the in the puck. They wanted to. I yeah. think they actually tested this out. From what I remember, they wanted to because mm-hmm. what they're wanting to do is to get a, I guess, a even better way of like seeing when the puck crosses the line or 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 the offside part of it I know it's a lot to do with the player skate but to even with the puck but they're gonna they I think they did it I don't know if it was last year the year before when they were in the bubble and they didn't it didn't work because the puck was not like it just didn't feel the same or something the players were complaining about it but they're putting they put like sensors in the ice and the puck has a sensor as well yeah. And that's where it 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 basically picks picks up the the feed on the video in the war room from those mm-hmm. sensors that are planted in the ice. But it didn't work. I'm sure they tried it. He didn't actually mention it in the uh he mentioned it, sorry, in, in the tour, but I, I can't recall. I think it was I think it was in the bubble that they tried this. And I remember the players yeah. complaining about it. But yeah, this that's the type of well, technology they're trying to improve that. Like they want to they, they want to get they will, there. They'll figure out something. It's like yeah. you got to start with something, and then you you tweak it, and you get new ideas off of that. So I, no doubt that that's that's coming. Um, yeah. Anyways, I found that kind of interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was great. Uh, really appreciative. I was like to just to be able to be in there and like because I mean yeah. like the way he we'll put some video or some pictures on social media a little bit uh, of it um, on our social media you can have a listen but when he actually said you know when you see when you see the referee saying or when you hear the I guess on on TV the announcers say like they're going to the situation room and the referees put the headset on and they have their tablet there and then he says, this is where they are. And I was just, I was like floored. Like, I was like, how am I there kind of thing, right? Chris King was actually there too, uh, an alumni mm-hmm. member while we were there. Um, and yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. I wish Syl could have been there, but she she wasn't there uh, on, that, on that time. But hopefully we'll have another chance to, to go there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. So yeah, if you uh, have any questions, questions uh about that you can uh well once we post something on social media if you have any if you if you want to make a comment uh we'll get back to you on that and yeah so let's get into the upcoming games now um that we have for the Leafs so this week we're going to see the Florida Panthers for the first time (laughs) they're not doing too so well this year and uh then we play the Jets on Thursday at home and then before heading, we go to Montreal for the Saturday night game at the Bell Center. And that's always a good game, even if the Habs are garbage, basically, as they always tend to get up to play us. So that's that's one of those games that we should win. That's for sure. And then the following week, we have a lot of home games. Uh, we play both both New York teams. So Islanders on the 23rd, Rangers on the 25th. And then on Friday, we play the Ottawa Senators, who, again, we haven't played in like, I don't know, yeah. since the beginning of the season. Yeah. And uh, we end the week uh, with a Sunday night game at home versus the Washington Capitals. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that Islanders game, that's uh, our the winner of our um of yes. our Mary Leafy giveaway, Katarina yes. Nizhik. Yeah, she, yes, she's so going to enjoy that. Yeah. Can't wait to hear uh, how she enjoyed it. And I hope that they get a win for her. 
Yeah. And uh, and then the Jets game, I think, is going to be an interesting one. It's funny. They, yes. They're really playing well this season with their coaching change mm-hmm. and everything. I don't know. They seem yeah, to. Yeah, kind of started out a little slow, but yeah. uh, Rick Bonus seems to have uh, yeah. worked his magic. But yeah, and then uh, the Rangers is also going to be a big game the following week um, with Igor Sisterkin. He's uh, playing better these days, apparently, I think. And uh, yeah, and then, of course, seeing the Capitals at the end, uh, seeing Ovi is always uh, is always an exciting game as he keeps going to. Uh, it's almost Metropolitan Division week. Yes. Yeah. Except for the Senators there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a a good one. Um and like we said, but with the Habs, I mean, they always get I, I'm going to say it now so that maybe Josh Anderson will like I don't know. He'll just be horrible that night. <laughs> Cuz he's the he's the equivalent of the person that I can't stand there, let's say, equivalent close to Mar- Brad Marchand, but not quite. But anyway, it all starts I, I- every other night starting Tuesday night we'll be playing. Right yeah, until February third. So they definitely, they definitely. There's games to be had in this roundup. So yeah, they should. Uh, the, the Rangers game is the one that I'm kind of most looking forward to uh, because of how how it went down uh, when we played the in last, New York. Yeah, and yeah. I just find that they're 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 a tough game for us for whatever reason. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward to seeing how we bounce back against them this time. Yeah, so it's going to be a busy one. Um, and to keep on top of it, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle, again, is at LTL1917. And a reminder, if you can, to leave us a rating or a review and let us know what you think of the show. It's easy, very easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. You can also DM us or just send us an email to at ladies talking leafs at gmail.com. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. So you can find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. And we want to thank our healthcare workers, as always, and first responders for everything that they do. Thank you. And and we thank you, as always, for listening. And until next time, go, go Leafs, Leafs go! go. Do you believe?